Open your books. Open your Bibles, please, to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 1. Still in hibernation here. Revelation chapter 1, page 1330 in your Schofield Bible. We'll be reading verses 1 through 10. The 10th verse is the text verse for this morning's message. Let's stand as we always do for the reading of the Word of God. We'll read the verses responsibly. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear a record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, how precious it is, far more than what we can determine in our mortal frame. But we're thankful for thy word, and we're thankful for this church which stands for thy word and has throughout its history. We're thankful for a preacher who preaches thy word. We pray for thy blessing upon him. And help us as we listen, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me ask you, please, to listen carefully. This is not my normal Sunday morning sermon. It is not the kind of sermon that is going to feed you. It's the kind of sermon that's going to instruct and exhort you. Uh, it will preach lovingly and kindly, but I, I feel like, especially at this time of the year, a sermon like this needs to be preached. The text of my message is, John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. That's the title of my sermon this morning. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Now, I'm going to ask you to listen carefully. I'm also going to say that if I go over past 12 o'clock, I'm making you the same promise I make you on the Lord's Supper Day. I will not go longer 
than 12.10, and we'll be out by 12.30, as always the case. And uh, so don't think we're going to be here past the normal time uh, if I'm a few minutes past 12 when I finish the sermon. But I do want you to listen to me. I want every child to sit up straight. Every child needs to hear what I'm going to say this morning. I mean especially I want every teenager to be very still. And I'm going to, and by the way, America needs this sermon as much as any sermon that I've preached. I wish I could preach it to the whole country at one time. I wish I could get on nationwide television and preach it to America, this one sermon, and everybody would hear it. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. A few words of introduction before I pray. God wanted one day a week for himself. God does not ask that we give him everything, but God sets aside a portion of our income and likewise a portion of our time, and God says, that's mine. Now, it's a very serious matter when you tamper with that which belongs to God. Very serious. One, listen, I'm going to teach you some Bible now quickly before I pray. One day a week the Lord sent a raven from the ark to see if the waters were dried. That was a special day because it was God's day. God rested after six days of creation. And the seventh day was a special day because it was God's day. Israel gathered manna from heaven for six days. On the sixth day, she gathered enough for the seventh day because she was not supposed to be working on the seventh day. That was a special day because it was God's day. The Israelites baked enough bread on the sixth day for the seventh day because they were not supposed to light the fire in the oven on the seventh day. It was a special day because it was God's day. Cattle and beast of burden rested on that day. It was a special day. It was God's day. God says, six days shalt thou labor. And one day was not for labor. It was a special day because it was God's day. God declared one day a week to be a holy day, a special day, because it was God's day. Jeremiah and Nehemiah each tell us that buying and selling was profane you hear me? Buying and selling was profane on that day because it was a special day. It was God's day. Work for worldly gain was suspended on that day. No servant could be hired or used on that day. It was a day of worship and rest. It was called a holy convocation unto God. The word holy means set apart or sacred. It was a special day. It was God's day. By the way, only sacred music could be played on that day. Are you listening to me? It was sacred. It was God's day. Parents taught their children scriptural truth on that day. Listen to me carefully. God still wants one day. God wants one day to be special. That should be a day of worship. A day of spiritual nature, diversion, which is really rest. 
God has changed the day, but God hadn't changed His mind about His about having a day. He takes very seriously what is His. Adam and Eve took what was His, and the whole human race fell. Achan took what was His, and his whole family was stoned to death. Israel took what was His, and spent 70 years in captivity and bondage. Uzzah took what was His, and would drop dead immediately. Azariah took what was his and was smitten with leprosy. Uh, Nadab and Abihu took what was his and were taken immediately to heaven. Ananias and Sapphira took what was his and and fell dead in the church house. Now you listen, I'm about to do you a big favor when I preach this message. I'm about to tell you something may save your life. I want you to hear me now. I want you to hear me. The tithe is the Lord's. It's holy. Don't you touch it, you're playing with fire. And one day out of seven is the Lord. And it's holy. And don't you touch it, you're playing with fire. Our Heavenly Father, I've taught just a bit Bible, now i come to preach. I don't know when I wanted my people to hear a sermon as much as I want them to hear this sermon. I pray you to help me as I preach it. And them as they hear it. Amen. I want you to set up straight. Everybody looking right this way. Everybody in the farthest corner of the balconies, back in the back on the back rows, every child, every teenager. It was Sunday morning, nineteen thirty eight. The sun listen to me, listen to me. The sun was brighter than usual. It was Sunday morning, 1938, 60 years ago. Peace was more peaceful. Calm was calmer. Quiet was quieter. Serenity was more serene. A church bell beckoned us to come to the house of God. Gordon's store on Ann Arbor Road was closed, and so was McSwiggin's grocery store, which was right next door to Gordon's. You couldn't buy a loaf of bread in the county. It was Sunday. It was God's day. Sunday, 1938. Ball fields were empty. And you'd better go to Smith's filling station on Saturday if you wanted gasoline for your car on Sunday, for you could not find any place to buy gasoline. You see, it was Sunday, 1938, when America had some character and decency and integrity and fear of God. On the farm, livestock rested in the stall and in the field. Country people put on their best clothes and drove for miles on dirt or muddy roads to a plain meeting place called the church house. In our poorer neighborhood, you could see people walking down every road in the street. Bible in hand. It was Sunday, 1938, God's Day, when God's Day meant something in America, and when God meant something in America. A few Model T Fords, or Model A Fords, pulled into a small church parking lot. Patek's restaurant had a toes for church sign on it all day, Sunday, 1938. Hey, downtown Dallas changed to a ghost town. Rock music was unheard of in those days, blessed be God. 
The television had not been invented. No one ever heard the word marijuana. The school teacher was there at church, and so was the principal. And the school teacher was carrying the same Bible from which she read to the students Monday through Friday in our public school system. The nation hushed. Industry stopped. There at church, we forgot our toils and our struggles as life took on a new and a grander meeting. It was Sunday, 1938, in America, when America had faith in Almighty God and believed the Word of God. It was Sunday, 1938. Fishing places were practically abandoned. No boats were seen being towed to a lake. Golf courses were abandoned. Amusement parks were closed. I'm talking about America. I'm not talking about Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. I'm talking about America 60 years ago. On every radio station, there was religious broadcast on Sunday morning and quiet music the rest of the day. No preacher owned any other Bible but the King James Bible. No church had contemporary services. Those days, we didn't know what the word contemporary meant, but we knew what the Bible said. You could hardly find a car on the road on Sunday afternoon. Even Dr. Anderson, our general practitioner in our neighborhood, closed his office, but we all had his phone number at home in case we needed him, or we could talk to him at church and tell him our problems. There was no shift work. I said there was no shift work. And only necessary Sunday work, such as hospitals, or public transportation used to transport, transport folks to church. And practically everybody on a public transportation bus or streetcar was going to church. It was Sunday morning. It was 1938, but America had some character. And Jesus meant more than the almighty dollar. It was Sunday, 1938. At home, listen carefully, at home. Children were not allowed to be loud. It was Sunday. There was a quiet peace in the house. Every church you passed had its little parking lot filled. And the windows were usually open as there was no air conditioning. And for blocks, you could hear the music. Amazing grace. No modern rock, rock beat. No contemporary music. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, that saves a wretch like me. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. But Jesus spared the cross alone, and all the world go free. Uh, uh, on a hill far away, so no rugged cross. And the old songs of Zion, on which this nation was built, not the Gaither kind of junk, but old-fashioned gospel hymns were sung in our old-fashioned churches. It was Sunday our weekly Easter. I said our weekly Easter. When the country gathered in sacred places across the land to rejoice again that he's risen. His stone is rolled away. The tomb is empty. We serve a risen Savior. We said to the world, stop, halt, and hush. It's Sunday, our weekly Easter. It is Sunday morning, 1998. Freeways are jammed with pleasure seekers. Boats are following cars to nearby fishing holes. 
The Cubs and Sox are playing baseball. The Bulls are in the playoff during church time on Sunday night. Shopping malls are crowded. Parks are filled. Amusement parks are running full scale. Supermarkets are crowded. Stores are open. Casinos, car races, horse races, and dog races are trying to get your money and your character. And most churches have surrendered to the Sunday night crowd. And if you have changed their Sunday night time to try to get the crowd, when the church ought to say, 7 o'clock is when we meet, and you come to church on our schedule, we won't change ours to fit yours. You change yours to fit ours. And some have churches early on Sunday morning so parishioners can get their drudgery over so they can they can rush to their favorite sin. Taverns are open. Restaurants are open. Service stations are open. Factories are open. Bars are open. And Christians think nothing of working and missing church on Sunday. Beaches are crowded with nudity and near nudity. Movie houses flourish with their godless Hollywood satanic junk. Catholics are having a carnival across the street. Christians at home on a Sunday night watching the bears, the cubs, or the bulls while their forefathers were fed to the lions. It's Sunday morning, 1998. On every sidewalk walks people immodestly dressed. A few older people are going to Mass early in the morning to get it over with. And about a tithe of our people are thinking of God. I say, stop. Holy, what's happened to us? This is America. This is not Russia. This is not China. This is America. What's happened to us? I'll tell you what. We've taken that day that's profane and it destroyed that day. And I'm not talking about folks outside this room. I'm talking about people inside this room. We have taken the sacred day of Almighty God and made a joke out of it. It's Sunday. It's Easter Sunday. Well, how have you gotten to see now? Every Sunday is Easter Sunday. That's why we observe Sunday. The apostles met on the resurrection day of Christ to celebrate His resurrection. One week later, they met on Sunday to celebrate His resurrection. One day later, they met on Sunday to celebrate His resurrection. And what America is saying, when we desecrate the Lord's Day, America is saying, we don't give a flip whether you're alive or not. We take time once a year to put on our best bib and tucker and buy a new dress, maybe a new pair of shoes and a new Easter hat and to come to church on Easter Sunday. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the New Testament church did not celebrate the resurrected Christ once a year. They celebrated the resurrected Christ once a week. It's Easter. On this day of the week, the stone was rolled away and the angels sat on it. It's Easter. On this day of the week, he was not there. He was risen. On this day of the week, the angel proclaimed, He is not here. He is risen. It's Easter. On this day of the week, the angel said, Why I seek ye the living among the dead. It's Easter. On this day of the week, the angel said, Go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. Hallelujah. He lives today. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he's living. Whatever men may say, I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. 
And I know he's with me because always there. Up from the grave he arose. For the mighty triumph for his foes. Ladies and gentlemen, America and the Americans in this room need to get back to realizing that God said one day is mine and let God have his day again. Easter Sunday on this day, Jesus was risen early on the first day of the week. On this day, on this Easter day, the women came to the sepulcher, entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's Easter on this day of the week. Mary Magdalene came running to Peter and John and said, They've taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not what they've laid him. Bless God, I know where he was. It's Easter. It's Sunday. On this day of the week, Mary was weeping. Someone came and said, Mary, why weepest thou? And Mary said, Sir, if thou hast borne him thence, tell me where thou hast laid him. And that one, she supposing to be the gardener, said, Mary, and Mary's eyes were open, and she saw the living Christ, that the death could not hold, the grave could not conquer, and Satan could not keep. And she said, Master, which is to say, Rabboni, and from that day to this, every single child of God ought to stand up on here every Sunday morning and say, Master, Master. It's Easter, it's Sunday, on this day of the week. Then with the disciples glad, the Bible says, when they saw the Lord. It's Sunday, it's Easter. On this day of the week, the disciples were simple in fear. Jesus entered, the doors being shut, and said, Peace be unto you. Every week there ought to be a day where we come and lay our burdens out yonder in the hallway and come and let the Savior say, Peace be unto you. Let an old-fashioned preacher stand up and remind you that he lives. He's in charge. He's the Savior. He's the strength of our lives. He's our guide, our keeper, our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father. Ladies and gentlemen, let America get back to having Easter once a week again. It's Easter Sunday, the day when he showed his hands and his side to Thomas. And Thomas, believing, said, My Lord and my God, it's Easter. John was in the Spirit on Patmos and saw the rapture and uh, the marriage of the Lamb and the judgment seat and the second coming of our Savior and the millennium and the new Jerusalem. There ought to be a day every week where God's people come and are told about the heavenly city and the salvation plan and the Savior who's there. Ladies and gentlemen, one day a week we ought to assemble all across America. I'm not talking about just the poor white trash. I'm not just talking about the folks that live across the tracks. I'm talking about folks that own the tracks. We ought to go to God's house one day a week and lift up our voices to God. And all day ought to be a special day in the sight of Almighty God. It's Easter Sunday. This is the first day that God's people could sing. I serve a risen Savior. This is Easter Sunday, the first day that God's people could sing, He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. It's Easter Sunday, the first day that God's people could sing, Up from the grave He arose. This is the day that Jonah came out of the whale. This is the day that Israel crossed the Red Sea. This is the day that God said, let there be light, and there was light. This is the day that God created heaven and the earth. So close your doors, J.C. Penny. It's Easter Sunday. Close your doors, Montgomery Ward. It's Sunday. 
Close your doors, Kmart. It's Sunday. Close your doors, Builder Square. It's Sunday. Close your doors, Supermarket. It's Sunday. You say, over the house, if we close the doors of our businesses on Sunday, it destroys the economy. Brother, destroy the economy. They destroy the faith we have in Almighty God. Easter. Close your doors, supermarkets. Close your doors, Marshall Field. Close your doors, Venture. It's Easter. Put your fishing clubs in the garage and go to church. He's risen. Park your boat and go to church. He's risen. Put your golf clubs in the closet and go to church. Listen to me. Go to church. He's risen. And by the way, don't play golf or do your fishing between the services either. Take your family reunion to church. I said, take your family reunion to church. I said, take your family reunion to church. And if your family reunion won't go to church, don't go to the family reunion. It's Sunday! Postpone your ball games. Put your lawnmower in your garage. Close your amusement, amusement parks. Shut down Disneyland and Disney World. Shut down your dirty casinos. How dare you show your movie houses. Change your Super Bowl day. Close down the service stations, restaurants, clothing stores, furniture stores, barbershops, and bakeries and shoe stores and hardware. Go to church, America! He's risen! Open church stores on Sunday night again! He's risen! Preach again, preachers. He's risen. Sing the old songs of Zion. He lives. Children and young people, put your ball and glove and bat up. It's Sunday. He's risen. This is God's day. That's why when the Catholic priest stopped by our house that Sunday afternoon when I was a teenage boy, I went to the door, and the Catholic priest said, My name is Father Becker. I'm the pastor of St. James Catholic Church. I understand, Jack, that you're the best pitcher, ball pitcher, in county. We're playing for the state Catholic championship this afternoon, and we're allowed to have just one player that's not a Catholic. We want you to pitch for us for the championship game this afternoon. I said, You better talk to my mama. My mama came to the door, and there stood that man dressed like a woman. That's no worse than a woman dressed like a man. There stood that man dressed like a woman, I guess is a man. said, Mrs. Hiles, I understand your son Jack is the best ball pitcher in this county. Our St. James Catholic Church, where I'm the pastor, is having a championship game for the state championship this afternoon. We, we are allowed to have one player that's not a Catholic. We want Jack to come pitch for us. We'll have him back before 6 o'clock. My mama said, Mr. Becker, she wouldn't call him Father Becker because he was dressed more like a mother, and she said, Mr. Becker. She said, Mr. Becker, my son doesn't play ball on Sunday. Oh, he said, we'll have him back in time for the church service in your church tonight. She said, it's still Sunday. And my boy doesn't play ball on Sunday. And by the way, I'll say this. I don't care if everybody gets mad. You vote me out. Every kid in this church ought to put his ball glove in his closet and keep it there all day Sunday. 
put your football in your closet and keep it there all day Sunday. Well, you say, what am I going to do? You're going to do what God said to do. Take a day to worship and praise and serve God and rest a while and be with your family. Mr. Becker made the mistake of arguing my mama. I made that mistake a time or two myself. My mama went back in the back of the house and got a broom out of the kitchen. She took that broom with a handle and began to swing it at Mr. Becker. He began to duck like that. She, she chased him all the way to the car. She said, my boy doesn't play ball on Sunday, and we're not Catholic. We're Baptist. If he plays ball for a church, he'll be with Baptist people, not Catholic people. But he won't play ball with anybody on Sunday. She said, Sunday's the Lord's Day, Mr. Becker. And you stand there as a man of God, an imposter, acting like a man of God. Why, you ought to be promoting Sunday the Lord's Day. Instead of promoting some ball game on Sunday afternoon. And she takes that broom, and she chases him all the way to the car. He gets in the car, and she follows down the road chasing the car with that broom. Why? I'll tell you why. Because at our house, Sunday was God's day. That's why. Oh, we need a revival in this room today about observing Sunday. That's why when on senior day, I double-dated Peggy Render was my date, and Richard Newton and B. Tate double-dated. On a Sunday, we went to church Sunday morning. That, that night, they wanted to go to a drive-in movie. And that's why I said to my date and the other couple, you take me home. I'm going to church. It's Sunday. And they laughed at me and took me home, and I called Mrs. Render, Peggy's mother, and told her I was no longer responsible for her daughter. I went to church that Sunday night. You said, well, the house, I sure admire you for that. You shouldn't have to admire a child of God for observing Easter Sunday when we have a risen Savior. It was Sunday, the Lord's Day, our weekly Easter celebration that we serve a living Savior. That's why I refuse to pitch a championship softball game with the state of Texas when my team was playing for the championship and my a deacon, member of our church, was the manager of the team, begged me to pitch because I was the only pitcher of note on the team. That's why I let the team down while they were cursing me as I walked to the church that night and went to church. You say, why? Because it was the Lord's Day. It was Easter, our weekly observance of Easter. That's one reason why I like the song you started with this morning. We've taken the Easter songs and put them over here in one little day and then take them out once a year. Bless God, He lives every Sunday. Now next Sunday, let's sing, O Little Town of Bethlehem. A silent night, a holy night. He's, he's ever living. And He ever is risen from the dead. It was Sunday. The day to go to church. The day to go to Sunday school. It was Sunday. The day to see God's people. By the way, it do you good to do your grocery shopping. Listen to the young people. Hey, it do you good to do your grocery shopping on Saturday and not on Sunday. Do you good to do your clothing shopping on Saturday and not on Sunday. It do you good that every moment of Sunday you listen carefully to me. It's the Lord's day. It may not be a Sabbath day as the Old Testament Sabbath, but the Bible calls it the Lord's day. That means it belongs to God. It's not yours to do what you please. It's His. And it's sacred. 
And let me remind you that, that uh, Ananias and Sapphira died because they took that which was sacred for their own pleasure. Let me remind you that the whole human race failed because Adam and Eve took that which was sacred for their own pleasure. Let me remind you, ladies and gentlemen, that, that Achan's entire family was stoned to death because Achan took that which was sacred to God for his own pleasure. America will never be a great nation again until she takes her hand off of God's day. I'm not criticizing anybody this morning, but I'll tell you one thing. I'd starve to death before I'd go to work in the secular place on Sunday. I myself would. Because Sunday is the Lord's day. You say he nailed the Sabbath to the cross. Yes, but the Lord's day Ray was raised from the dead when Jesus was raised from the dead. And God has never changed his philosophy about one day belonging to him. He just changed the day. It's Sunday. The day we go to church. The day that the sun seems brighter. And quiet should seem quieter. And still should seem stiller. And serenity should seem more serene. And calm should seem calmer. It's Sunday. Sunday. The day I get to go to church and shake hands with God's people. It's Sunday. The day I walk up the stairs about five or ten minutes to eight on a Sunday morning, 7.45 or so on a Sunday morning. Two or three of our men are there who can sing. I've joined them and try to carry the bass part as we sing. And I howdy with them for a while. It's Sunday. The day when I get to walk down the hallway and two little girls meet me there, and they've done it for years, and tell me a corny story, a corny joke. And they beat Dick Leedigs, but a corny joke. And, uh, and they give me a little glass of orange juice. It's Sunday. It's Sunday when a family knocks on my door and gives me a little snack about 20 minutes to 9. It's Sunday. The day I get to walk down the alley with my security guards and how do you cut up and fellowship with them. It's Sunday. The day I get to go to Sunday school and teach to several hundred people the Word of God. It's Sunday. The day I hear the songs of God. It's Sunday. The day I shake hands with the folks I love the most. It's Sunday. The day I celebrate that the grave is empty. The death could not hold him and grave could not conquer him. Ah, from the grave he arose. What am I? For his foes, he arose a victim of the dark domain, and hallelujah, he lives forever with his saints to reign. It's Sunday. It's Sunday. When we sing the songs of God and hear the man of God and see people saved and see people baptized and put our tithes and offerings in the collection plate and then go home. Not to get a drive-through hamburger and then the kids go off somewhere to play ball while mom and daddy watch the TV set. Or be a time when the family quietly gets together. Well, you say, what are they going to do? Very fact, you ask that question shows how much we deteriorated. What would be wrong with a nice drive in the woods? What is wrong with the family getting together and having a little sing-along? I know what you kids are saying. Dick. I got a word that said you kids. Dick, dick. You hear me again. No civilization, hear me carefully, no civilization has ever lingered and lasted that has put their finger on God's day. It's Sunday.
And by the way, that means something else too. More people get saved on Sunday than any other day of the year. Are you listening to me? More people get saved on Sunday than any day of the week. Or all the days of the week put together. That means that this is the day to get saved. I recall that teenage lad walking down the aisle there and motioning for me. And I walked down, a little kid looked up at me and said, Is this a getting saved place? I said, Yeah, and this is a getting saved day, too. That means Sunday was set aside for the propagation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that means that nobody can celebrate Sunday properly or Easter, our weekly Easter properly, unless you put your trust and faith in the risen Christ. Look at me, fellows, look at me. No, no, nobody. This morning, if you're not, if you're a child of God, listen to me, if you're a child of God, you ought to dedicate yourself to the transformation of your Sunday. And if you're not a child of God, on this Sunday morning, June 7, 1998, you ought to walk down this aisle and say on this Sunday morning, Easter Sunday, I'm going to trust as my Savior that crucified, buried, but praise God, the risen Savior. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and He talks with me a long, last, narrow way. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. <laughs> he lives within my heart. Let me encourage you today to take your hand off what's God's. When you say my children would rebel, I can tell you a way to keep them from rebelling. You rebel. Why don't we have some rebellious parents? Well, some parents look at your kids and say, you don't treat me right, I'm going to run off. Tell you what, if we had a nation of rebellious parents, we wouldn't have a bunch of rebellious kids. Sunday! Sunday! I was in the Spirit! And we had to sing, I was in the grandstand on the Lord's Day. We would say, I was in the park on the Lord's Day. We would say, I was in Disney World on the Lord's Day. But John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. This morning on this Lord's Day, 1998, you make this the day it was meant to be. The day when you walk down this aisle and receive Christ as your Savior. And by the way, Pentecost Sunday in Jerusalem, it was Pentecost was on Sunday. The day when the 3,000 people got saved and baptized. You walk down this aisle this morning and say, I am going to do the thing that will make me have a home in heaven and help preserve thy nation for the next generation. I'll say it again and I'm through. This nation will not survive taking for itself that which belongs to God. God said, you got a dollar? All I want is a dime. But don't you touch my dime. You got a week? Just give me one day out of the seventh. But don't you touch my day. It's summer. Let's give God what's His. If it's fun or not fun. 
If the kids like it or don't like it, it's Sunday, the Lord's Day. And oh, this Lord's Day, if you've ever trusted Christ, the choir's going to sing, we're going to stand. I want you to leave your seat, walk down the aisle. Somebody will meet you at the end of every aisle. Be a man there, and they can tell you how you can go to heaven when you die. Shall we stand, please? The choir's going to sing.